is time for the word. Now you out there listening, I, I pray you are ready for this word this morning. I'm going to be ministering to you the word of the Lord. We are doing a series in this house, and we are doing a series on the word of God revealed. The word of God revealed. Now, you may say, Pastor, why is the word of God revealed any different than the word of God that I preach? Well, when you use the term the word of God revealed, you are saying that it's truth. The word of God revealed is the truth. No wonder Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 30, to those believers that believed in him, if you continue in my word, then shall you be my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, the word, the truth, is the revealed word. So I'm going to be ministering on that today, on, on the revealed word, and I'm going to be going to 1 Corinthians. So if you got your Bibles, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, where the Apostle Paul ministered the revealed word. In verse number 1, I'm going to be reading 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I'm going to be reading 12 verses. My key verse is verse number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 and verse number 1. And I, brothers, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech, of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. That could be our next teaching because the revealed word is the testimony of God. Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you, say Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness. I was with you in fear. I was with you in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God. Now he called it the wisdom of God. First he called it the testimony of God. Now he called his message the wisdom of God. A mystery. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom was God ordained before the world unto our glory. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Yea, the Spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. Now that's going to be my key verse. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. 
Howbeit we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now those things is the New Testament. Those things are the new covenant. They have been freely given to us of God. Now what I want to do this morning, we're going to pray, we're going to get right into God's word. So Heavenly Father, we come now in the precious blood of our Lord Jesus. We thank you for your grace now, your mercy, your love. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit. And Lord, thank you for the gospel of Christ, the gospel of grace. In the blessed name of our Lord Jesus, we pray. And I pray that this word minister to those who are listening this morning. We bless you, we praise you, we appreciate you. We thank you for your leading and guiding of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' holy name we pray. All that agree with that prayer said, amen. All right, now what I'm going to do this morning, I'm going to be ministering on the word of God revealed. The word of God revealed. All right, now when the Bible said the word of God revealed. So I want to go to today's message because we have taught volume number one, volume number two, and now we're on volume number three. Okay, we've already talked volume number one, volume number two, and now volume number three. Now we are on volume number three, and we're going to go to the next part of that teaching, which is part five. Today is part five, volume uh, number three, part number five. Once again, volume number three, part number five. All right, now, the day we're going to go to about the vision. That's what we continue to teach on about the vision. So today we're going to conclude volume number six, and now we're going to let you know what we've been knowing all along, and that is Jesus Christ is the vision. Now, if you can capture this, I I'm, I'm really want to get to the people that's where I was. As a pastor, uh, this is my 40th year in ministry as a pastor, some thir 35 years of pastor, and then I, I was a uh, assistant pastor uh, for three and a half years. And out of my 40 years of ministry, uh, I've learned a lot, uh, but one of the greatest things I've learned is how to rightly divide the word. And when you learn how to rightly divide the word, you're going to realize that they are churches of God. And we, we're going to show you that this morning. They are what you call the churches of God. And then we're going to also show you now we are the body of Christ. The body of Christ has many members. Now, the church of God is the church that the apostle Paul persecuted, which was dominant Jewish believers. Okay, they were the church before us. All right, now, I want to be able to show you some things because I believe there are some things that you need to understand about the coming of the Lord. Because a lot of people are still teaching on the coming of the Lord, not knowing the difference in your salvation. So today I want to be able to show you your believing in the coming of the Lord has something to do with your salvation. Because the coming of the Lord is also your salvation. So I want to make sure that you don't make an error 
Let me show you a verse that Paul says to the Corinthian church. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. In the book of Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, Paul said this to the Corinthian church. He said, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. He's talking to the church. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Then he said, prove your own selves. Then he said this word. No, you're not your own selves. How? That Jesus Christ is in you. Now, I'm teaching Jesus Christ is the vision. The word is vision, V-I-S-I-O-N. Jesus Christ is the vision. All right? Now, know ye not that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobate. Otherwise, if Jesus Christ is not in you, then you're none of his. So let me show you that again. Let's go to the book of Romans. I'm going to head it to my message. Let's go to Romans chapter number 8. And I want to show you something in Romans chapter 8 that the apostle Paul talked about. In verse 5, he said, They that are after the flesh cannot please God. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For they that are after the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, they do mind the things of the spirit. For to be carnal minded is death, but to be spiritual minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, he comes to a conclusion, so then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Then in verse 9, he said this, but you are not in the flesh. But you are in the spirit. You're not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. If the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. So salvation, let me give you one more. I'm going to give you one more. I'm going to go to Colossians 1. I just want to show you this over and over again as the Apostle Paul taught on the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is our salvation. I'll show you that just a moment also in the book of Ephesians chapter 1. But look at Colossians chapter 1 and verse 23. Paul said, if you continue in the faith, now first you got to get in the faith. Then you got to continue in the faith, grounded and settled, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard and which we preach. Paul talked and was preached to every creature which is under heaven. Paul's gospel was preached to every creature under heaven. Whereof, Paul says, I am made a minister. Then he says, I now rejoice in my suffering for you and fill up that which is behind in the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God. Now remember, the dispensation of God is the dispensation of grace. That, that means you are not in the Old Testament anymore. Now, he says, Whereof I made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which, was, which is given Paul now for, for the church to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery 
which has been hid from ages. That, that ages is, is talking about the Old Testament. That was a different age. But it says, and from generations, but is now made manifest to his saints. Now it's made manifest. We're talking about 2,000 years ago. It was made manifest. Then he's going to tell you what it is. To whom God will make known what is the richest of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Here it is. Which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. So my point is, I'm showing you Christ in you. Now, let's go to the last one. Ephesians chapter number one. Christ in you. Now, You hear them say, because of the situation we have in the natural realm, and you hear people say, well, you know it's the last days. Wrong. Then people say, well, you know uh, the Lord says he's coming. Wrong. Oh, he said he's coming, but I'm going to show you in the word of God that if Christ is in you, how can you still be waiting for him to come? Something ought to click. If you have the spirit. Now, if you don't have the spirit, you're waiting for the Lord to come. I agree. But how can you have the spirit of Christ in you and waiting for the Lord to come? They don't go together. You're believing two different doctrines. Now, the doctrine you believe in was taught in the gospel of the kingdom. That's why God said to in the person of Jesus Christ to the Jewish believer. Pray, thy kingdom come. Pray, God's will be done. Well, church, listen, you can't pray that no more because first of all, God's kingdom has already come. Now, you have to understand what the kingdom is. I can show you that in the gospel of St. Luke. It told us where the kingdom was. You in Ephesians, hold your finger in Ephesians. I hope you're standing along with me. Let's just go through the pages of this word. In the gospel of St. Luke chapter, uh, let's go to chapter 17. And let's show you something in verse 20. In the gospel of St. Luke chapter 17, verse 20. And when he was the man of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come. Now you got to understand, my message is today that Jesus Christ is the vision. I taught you the previous teaching last week. The vision has been accomplished. I taught the week before that, which is on our podcast. The vision has been fulfilled. Now, if the vision has been accomplished, and it has, the vision has been fulfilled, and it has, I'm showing you Jesus Christ is the vision. And if you got Christ in you, then you already have the vision. Now, if you have the vision, how can you still be waiting for Christ? Just think about it a little bit. Watch this. Luke 16, Luke chapter 17, I'm sorry, and verse number 20 says, when he was the man of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God shall come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Now, the kingdom of God come with not with observation. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to see when the kingdom of God will come. But when Jesus came back to the Jews, they saw him. The Bible said, every eye shall see him. 
So the body of Christ today is waiting, a lot of them, waiting for the Lord to return, but they are not watching. You know yourself, you are not going to bed watching and waiting for the Lord to come. But you believe in a doctrine that tells you Jesus is coming. If you are believing Jesus is coming, you don't believe Jesus is in you. That's an awesome thing. People are saying, yeah, I'm saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, Christ in me, and yet they believe in Christ is coming. You're double-minded. You're unstable. You don't know what you believe. John chapter 17, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation, verse 20. Neither shall they say, lo here, lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God, here we go, is within you. Wait a minute. If the kingdom of God is within you, then Christ has to be the kingdom of God. Because he is the one that's in us. So the kingdom of God is not coming. The kingdom of God has come. See, he told them to pray, pray thy kingdom come. Well, when Jesus rose from the dead and the Holy Ghost returned, the kingdom of God came. The key is, has the kingdom come to you? All right, now, I want to look at Ephesians chapter 1, and we won't look at verse 13 and 14, because Paul plainly told us that the gospel of Christ is our salvation for the day. I'm going to be talking about this word salvation because that is what the vision is. If you don't have salvation today, then you don't have the vision. Christ is our salvation. So if you are saying that Christ is coming, then that means you don't have salvation. That's going to put you in the fear. Because the word salvation means deliverance from fear. Deliverance from fear, deliverance from trouble, deliverance from death, deliverance from hell, deliverance from the grave. It's deliverance. So if you have received Christ, you have received God's salvation. But if you're waiting for Christ to come, then you have a mentality, well, you know, these are the last days. Well, this stuff both to happen because that lets you know Jesus is coming. See, but if you already got Christ, hallelujah, then you're not worried about fear of anything because Christ lives in you. He is the hope of glory. So watch this. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. In whom also you trusted. After you heard the word of truth. This is what he says. After you heard the word of truth. So you got to know is your gospel you preaching the word of truth? He called it the gospel of your salvation. It's called the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after you believe the gospel of your salvation, the word of truth, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the precious possession, unto the praise of his glory. So that's why I've been showing you that the vision is the same as Jesus Christ, which is the same as the word of truth. See, if you have Christ in you, you have the vision. Because 
You were blind, but now you see. You was lost, but now you're found. You was dead, but now you're alive forevermore. See, that's what happened. But we're going to go back because I've been just showing you over and over and over how God was telling Israel about the vision going to come. So we're going to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 49. I like to start back here because it shows you who's God talking to. Most of us think that a last day's message, Jesus coming, the end of the world, was to us. It was not to us, it was to the church of God. All right, I'm going to show you that today. Genesis chapter 49, verse 1. Jacob called unto his sons and says, now Jacob had 12 sons. And he says, gather yourselves together that I may tell you what shall befall you, 12 sons, in the last days. So he's going to tell his sons everything going to happen to them in the last days. Now, we're going to take this up at Habakkuk. We're going to go back to Habakkuk because I want to get to Daniel today. And want to get to Revelation. want to show you some of that. So let's go back to, from the book of Habakkuk. And let's begin to show you what God says in the prophecy that was given to Habakkuk. Now, to understand Habakkuk in B.C. 26, we're going to show you something, and I'm going to pick it up in Daniel, and I'm going to show you some of Daniel. I'm going to bring you into the New Covenant. In Habakkuk chapter 2, he said, I will stand upon my watch. I will set me upon my tower. I will watch to see what the Lord will say to me and what I shall answer when I'm reproved. This is what the Lord said to Habakkuk. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Now here the vision is written. Write the vision, he says. Make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Now remember, he's letting them know the vision is not now. We're talking about B.C. 26. All right, write the vision. Make it plain upon table. The vision is yet for an appointed time. But then he gave him some keys. He said, at the end, it shall speak. So you want to make sure if you follow me in your Bible, in the King James Version, it use the word, it shall speak. At the end, it shall speak. Well, if you use the term, it, don't have the revelation of Jesus Christ, then you don't know what the vision is. You're calling it a it. But when I go to the Apostle Paul, in Hebrew 10.37, I'm going to show you that word it is not it anymore, it's he. It's not it anymore, watch that difference, it's he. It says, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain upon table, that he may run it, that read it, it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. The vision shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Wait for the vision. Because the vision will surely come. It will surely come. It will not tarry. Now let's go in the new covenant and let's see what this it's all about. Let's go to Hebrew chapter number 10. And we're going to show you this as Paul speaks to the Hebrew church. Hebrews. Not the body of Christ. Hebrews, 
In the book of Hebrew, chapter number 10, I want to read that verse first, verse 37. He said, yet a little while. Now remember, here we are, people are telling you 2,000 years ago when Paul said this to the church, the Hebrews. Now, he said, yet a little while. Isn't this something? In A.D. 64, A.D. 64, Paul said to the Hebrews, yet a little while, and he, not it, he that shall come. Well, who is that shall come? Talking about Jesus Christ. Remember, Habakkuk said the vision shall come. Paul said he shall come. He that says, he that says shall come, will come, and will not tarry. Well, who said they was going to come? Christ. So Christ is the vision. He that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by his faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Paul said, but we are not of them who draw back to perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. All right. So these Hebrews, their covenant was, they had to, here it is. I'm right here in Hebrew chapter 10. I'll read it for you. In Hebrew chapter 10, and I'm going to back up to verse number 19. They had to hold on to their faith. They were given faith. That's what, the, what Jesus preached three and a half years. So they would have faith. Jesus preached to them three and a half years so they would believe. All right. Now, why did God work all the miracles in the Old Testament? If you know that, you know why Jesus preached three and a half years. God used Moses to do ten miracles, ten plagues against the gods of Egypt so the people of God who were leaving out of Egypt would believe God. Only two guys believed God, and that was Joshua and Caleb. Now it's happening in the fulfillment in Hebrew because Hebrew is the one that told you that God said that they would not enter into my rest. See, he's talking to the Hebrews. They are headed to the grace. They're headed to grace. Old Testament, they're headed to the promised land. Well, the promised land is everything God has promised would be in the land. So here, everything God had promised would be in grace. That's why if you're waiting for the Lord to come, you have not entered into the grace of God yet. You have not entered into his rest. Let me, let me back up a little bit before I do Hebrew chapter number 10 here. I'm going to do Hebrew chapter number 3 and verse 1. See, this is why you have to understand about faith and you have to understand why is the gospel of Christ, the gospel of grace, is different. See, people are still preaching faith to be saved. No, you got to preach grace to be saved. You got to preach Christ. Paul preached Christ and him crucified. As a matter of fact, you don't get faith if you don't preach Christ. Let me say it again. You don't get faith if you don't preach Christ. Romans 10, 17, so then faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you don't preach Christ, you can't get faith. Let, let me show you another one there. First, first Corinthians, I read starting out. Then I'm going to come back and read Hebrew. This is just awesome. I hope you got enough fingers to keep on. But you cannot 
Watch what Paul says in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter number 1. See, you can't, if you don't preach Christ, you can't get faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you preach Christ, you preach the word of God, and then God will give you faith. That's how faith comes. All right, so in Romans chapter 1 and verse 15, Paul says, so much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel. He didn't say I'm ready to preach faith. I'm ready to preach the gospel. And I know people think it's the gospel, but it's not. Christ, the gospel of Christ, not the gospel of faith. The word faith is the message, the message of faith. The message of faith. There's a message of faith that was preached on the gospel of the kingdom. Listen to me. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 15, said, Paul says, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are also at Rome. What gospel did he preach? Verse number 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now you can't take the gospel of Christ and make it the gospel of faith. That's the two different gospels. All right? The gospel of Christ is the power of God. Listen to me. The gospel of Christ, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, it's the power of God, watch this, unto salvation. You can't get salvation if you don't preach the gospel of Christ. There is no salvation if you don't preach the gospel of Christ. I'm going to show you what you're believing is salvation is coming. See, you're believing salvation is coming. That's the what the Jews believe under the gospel of the kingdom. Pray thy kingdom come. They was waiting for Christ to come. Remember you receive the gospel of Christ when you believe you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So you receive your salvation which is Christ when you believe the gospel. See your gospel is the word truth. Israel gospel is the person of Jesus Christ. They was waiting for the person. That's why they rejected the gospel of Christ. They didn't want the gospel. They didn't want the word. That's how people are today. They don't want the word. They want the person. Your gospel is the word. Israel gospel was the person. So that's why the church now is waiting for the person and rejecting the word. So Paul says to them, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Then he's going to tell you how you got it. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Wait a minute. God's righteousness is revealed when you preach the gospel of Christ. Wait a minute, well, what is God's righteousness? When you read Romans chapter 4, in the story of Abraham and God, you'll realize that Abraham believed God, and God counted it for righteousness. So faith is revealed. The righteousness of God revealed, in verse 17, the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, and it's written, the just shall live by faith. Well, faith is revealed when you believe the gospel of Christ. But what happened is when you don't know the gospel of Christ, you can't preach the gospel of Christ if it has not been revealed to you. That's why I started out in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 10 
because God revealed the gospel of Christ to the apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I'm sorry, and verse 10 said, but God has revealed them unto us by his Holy Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. So you need to make sure you do that, pray and make sure God revealed to you the gospel of Christ, the gospel of grace, before you can minister Christ. Because your salvation is based on preaching Christ and him crucified. All right, that's how faith comes. Faith is God's righteousness. That's how you're made right with God. So you now, they have to live by faith. Let me show you that. In Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partake of the heavenly calling. He's talking to Jews. He said, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. Now, that's where you get the word confession. That's why Paul told them in Romans 10, 8 through 10. Now, you got you to gotta be a student to catch this. Because Romans 10 and Romans 9, 10, 11, if you go look at it, Romans 9, Romans chapter 9, 10, 11 was not ministering to Jews, Gentiles, I'm sorry. Paul was ministering to Jews. So that's why when he go to Romans chapter 10, verse 1, he said, Beloved, my heart and prayer and desire to God for Israel is that they might be saved. So in Romans chapter 9, 10, 11, he's talking about Israel. Okay? So you just can't pull that out of there and say he's speaking to the body of Christ. No, he's still speaking. That's why when you read Romans chapter number 10, he doesn't tell you that you're saved because they could not be saved until Christ returned. Their salvation was based on the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. They was waiting for their salvation. That is what I'm going to show you today. In Romans chapter 10 and verse number 4 said, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Christ, Romans 10 and 4, is the end of the law for righteousness. Well, let's back back to verse 1. Brethren, my heart, desire, and prayer to God for Israel is that he might be saved, that they might be saved. Now, this is what Paul talking about. I, I, I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. They are being ignorant of God's righteousness, which is Christ. And they are going about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Then he's going to tell them Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Then he's going to take them all the way back to Moses. So it can't be you, you're the body of Christ. Why would, he, why would he want to take you back to Moses? You was not under law. So he's going to go back to Moses. He said, now Moses described the righteousness of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith. So what happens is we see that, see that I told you, no, 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 I just showed you the word faith and righteousness is the same thing. You get faith by preaching God's grace, by preaching the gospel of Christ. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Therein, Romans 1, 17, therein is the righteousness of God revealed. See, it's revealed. Faith is revealed. How is revealed when you preach the gospel of Christ. So here he's telling them uh, in, in Romans chapter 10, and he's going, he, he going through Romans chapter 10, and he's showing them what the law says. But verse number, but verse number 6, but the righteousness which is of faith, speaketh on this wise, Speaketh on this right. Say not in your heart. Who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. 
Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what says it? Now when he said what saith it, he's talking about what did the law say? That's Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 4. What did the law say? Let, let's go back and see what the law said. Because see, we are not preaching, we are not teaching you what the law says. We're telling you the, the word of God revealed. Now the difference in this message is the gospel of Christ was revealed. It was the vision that was coming down all the way down that nobody knew what it was. It was kept secret. But it revealed unto Apostle Paul. This I'm speaking to you right now was not kept secret. It's right here in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30. And then it says in verse number 11, talking to the Jewish believer, this commandment, which I command you in verse 11, this day, is not hidden from thee. See, if I read Romans chapter 10, verse uh, 5, 6, 7, you'll see the same thing. This commandment, which I command you this day, is not hidden from thee, neither is far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldst say, who shall go up to heaven, that is to bring it, bring it, to, bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is beyond the sea that thou shouldst say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very nigh to thee. Watch this. In your mouth and in your heart. And what we do, we take that and say, well, see, that's, that's the message that we're supposed to be preaching. So if you don't have the word in your heart, don't have the word in your mouth, then you can't bring it to pass. Listen, the gospel of Christ has already been brought to pass. It's already been revealed. See, you're, 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 you're teaching a message that has to be brought to pass by you. See, that's why the word of faith teaching, if you don't hear it and believe it, it won't work. That's Israel's message. Now, everything that, you, and then you got to ask God. All that's underneath that system. But in the gospel of Christ, Ephesians 1 and 3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has passed tense. That's the difference in the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is not going to be fulfilled. The gospel of Christ has already been fulfilled. The gospel of Christ has already been written. I got the book. See, you, you're teaching the mystery. Watch this. The mystery is the word is in your mouth and in your heart that thou may do it. Remember, you got to do it. Then in verse number 15, it says, See, I have set before you this day life and good, death and evil. Now, if you, if you continue to read that, that's what people are still using today. That's not the gospel of Christ. Now, go back to Romans chapter 10. Then we go back to Hebrews chapter 3. And then I'm going to go back to Hebrews chapter 10, and then we're going to get in my message for a change, huh? Now, in Romans chapter number 10, he said in verse 9, and verse number 8, but what says it? I just read to you what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 14. What did it say? The word is nigh thee, watch this, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That, now, now listen to me now. The word in your mouth and in your heart means you got to speak it and believe it. 
That's what that is saying to you, which is not your gospel. See, you got to speak it and believe it before it happens. Keep reading. And verse 9 says, if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, if you did it, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, remember, confessing that Jesus Lord is the gospel of the kingdom. That's what was given to the apostle Peter in Matthew 16, 13 through 17. Don't drop the cup. Hold yourself right there. Let's go to it. Matthew chapter number 16. In Matthew chapter 16, the gospel that was given to Peter, you had to, you had to confess with your mouth and believe, and believe in your heart. You had to confess and believe. That's how they were saved. They had to confess. All right, watch this. In Matthew 16, in verse 13, when Jesus was come to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples saying, who do men say I the son of man am? And they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, and some say Elias or Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, but whom say ye that I am? Here it is. Simon answered and says, you're the Christ. You are the son of the living God. See, what he did, he confessed that Jesus is the Christ. He confessed that Jesus is the Son of God. He confessed that Jesus is the Christ. He believed that Jesus is the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, uh, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon by Jonah, flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. All right, so what did the Father reveal to him? That Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the son of the living God. Now let's go take that and let's look at the end of the Gospel of John. And then I'll show you another scripture in, 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 in 1st uh, John 5. See, if you study the word, you will see that you could be believing the wrong gospel. If you are not believing the gospel of Christ, you are believing the wrong gospel to be saved. The Jews were saved in the name of Jesus. Remember that now. The Jew was saved in, by believing in his name. That's not how you were saved. The Gospel of John chapter 20 and verse 30. So if you got your Bible, you can follow me along. The Gospel of John chapter 20 and verse 30. Men of the sign, truly the Jesus and the perfect disciples, which are not written in this book, John says, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. Remember, that's what Peter says. That's his confession. His confession is Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. So he confessed Jesus Christ, but he had to believe he's the Son of God. His confession, he had to confess Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And that believing, you might have life through his name. See, their salvation was in the name Jesus. That's why Acts 4.12 says, neither their salvation in any other. Well, there's none other name. Their salvation was in the name. There's none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. That was Acts 4, 12. So your salvation is not in his name. Let me, let me show you another. Let's go to 1 John. See, if you just take time and study the word of God like I did, you'll find out that you could be leaving the wrong message. And 1 John, in chapter 3, let me give you 1 John 3, then we'll give you 1 John chapter 5. Hope you're enjoying the word of the Lord this morning. I'm showing you that the vision has already come, brother. If you're still waiting for Christ to come, Christ came as the vision. V-I-S-I-O-N. He already came to the Jewish believer, but he came to us through the message of the Apostle Paul. 
which was the vision, which was the truth, which was the word of truth. All right? Now, in 1 John chapter number 3, and verse number 22 says, this is to the Jews. Remember, you can't take 1 John, Hebrews, and preach that to the Gentile believer. Now, we're not Gentiles anymore, okay? They are not Jews anymore. We're not Gentiles anymore, okay? We're the body of Christ, okay? Now, and they're the church of God. So you have the church of God, you got the body of Christ. All right? Now, watch this. This was preached to the Jewish believer. In 1 John chapter number 3 and verse 22. And what shall we act? Wait a minute. We already have everything in Christ. Okay, but this is their gospel. Whatsoever we shall act, we receive of him because we keep his commandments. Now, first of all, God didn't give you commandments to keep. Not what they are talking about. Don't mean we don't keep God's word. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments. And we do. We keep his commandment and we do. What we do? We do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment. That we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ. Wait a minute. Remember, that's what they had to believe. They had to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's just half of it. And love one another. Remember, that's what God gave them the commandment in Matthew 13, 34, and 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, that I have loved you. By this shall all men know where you are my disciples, if you have loved one to another. God did not give you that commandment. Do, should you love? Yeah. You're born of God. Watch this. And this is his commandment. That we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now you know it wasn't you. One more verse. He that keep his commandment dwelleth in him and he in him. He abide know we, he abide in us by the spirit which he has given unto us. Well we know he abide in us also because the spirit we, he has given to us. But you are, don't have the same doctrine. Now look at ch chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In 1 John chapter 5. And we're going to start up there in verse number 4. It says, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory, victory which overcome the world. Watch this, even our faith. Now, they overcame the world if they had faith. If they was given God's faith, remember when Jesus preached and he said to them, how is it that you have no faith? They followed him for three and a half years and they still had no faith. Isn't that awesome? The reason why is because they were not under the new covenant. As a matter of fact, it was written of them, Deuteronomy chapter 30, 32 and verse 20. Let me go back to and Deuteronomy. See, you got you, you to gotta know the word in Deuteronomy chapter 30, 32 and verse 20. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 20. It says, and he says, I would hide my face from them. That's what's supposed to happen in these day last days. I will see what their end shall be. For they are very forward generation. That's the generation that Jesus Christ preached to. Children in whom is no faith. So God already knew them. 
He knew why they didn't have any faith. Because Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith only can come by hearing and hearing the word of God. So that's why they had to go and, and, and submit themselves to the apostle Paul so they could get the faith, but they rejected it. And Paul went to the Gentiles. All right, let's follow me along. We're in 1 John chapter 5. He says in verse number 5, Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Well, that's not your doctrine. You're not saved because you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Let me show you that. That's 1 John. That's 1 Corinthians. See, you're not saved because you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. There are so many people out there are so lost, and they don't know because I said this morning in my early time with God, you know, we have an early, early time with the Lord and for two hours. And one of the things that God showed me, the problem with today's young pastors and a lot of old pastors, they never had a father. They never had a mentor. They just went to a church and they felt the, the spirit and they felt like God put me in the ministry. And they never had nobody to tutor them. They had nobody to father them. So they just grow up ignorant. And that's, a, that's really bad. See, the thing about it is you ask most pastors, who is your father in ministry? They don't even have one. Now, I can understand if you've been ministering as long as I have, 40 years, my pastor passed away. Dr. Amos G. Johnson, New Bethel Baptist Church in Pontiac. But I had a pastor. When I was in Mississippi, I had a pastor, Reverend, Reverend E.P. Powell. I only, only had two pastors my whole life. So, but you, gotta, you need a pastor. When you're a minister, a young minister, who's your pastor? Who, who are you learning from? Who is your teacher? See, that's, that's what happened. You got a lot of people telling you stuff, but you don't have fathers. See, that's what Paul says. Uh, let, me, let me read that to you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul said this to the, to the, church, to the church of God. 1 Corinthians 4, 14, he says, uh, I write these things not to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. This is 1 Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse 14. Paul says, I warn you. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, you have not many fathers. Now that's why they don't have fathers, because that's, there are not many fathers. You get people today, soon they get born again, have been born again a year or two, they're already in the ministry, and you give them probably two or three years, they're already an apostle. Nobody want to go through the process. Nobody want to serve another minister for so many years. My God Almighty, you know, that this is the thing what you got to understand. Why, why is this, this world believing the man that they believe in to be the next president? He served eight years already as an assistant. He already served as a senator. See, that would qualify him to, to be in a higher office. So if I'm going to become a pastor, and I believe God wants me to be a pastor, I've got to submit myself and lay down my life in another man's ministry. So God can raise me up out of that ministry 
and make me who he wants me to become. See, you don't, you don't just become father just because you've got babies. Oh, my God. Let me move on. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Well, the key is, if you begotten, you had to be begotten through the gospel. Most people don't even know how they were begotten. Who born you again? Who preached the gospel of Christ and begotten you? And then he says, Paul says, wherefore I beseech you, be followers of me. Why, why are we following the apostle Paul today? Because God made him a father. God made him a father. Okay, let's move on. Let's, let's, let's keep going because I want, I want to go back to show you uh, in, first, in, in Hebrews. I'm sorry, let's go back to Hebrews. I know we had a lot of irons in the fire there. But let's go back to Hebrews. Let's take the last few minutes here. And we're going to go back to Hebrews. Now, Paul is telling them in Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse 19. Having therefore brethren. Remember these brethren were Jewish believers. Having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiness. Watch this. By the blood of Jesus. By new and living way. Which he has consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say, his flesh. Now, there was a scripture I was about to read, and I didn't. I want to do that in 1 Corinthians 15. The Lord just reminded me that. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, told us how we are saved. This is how Paul was saved. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you have received in where you stand, by which also you are saved. Now, Paul said, the gospel I preach to you. Now, we know when Paul started out, Paul didn't know anything about the revelation of the mystery, Romans 16, 25. He didn't know anything about the gospel of Christ, but God had to reveal it to him. Paul said, by which also you are saved. Not going to be saved like in Romans 10, 8, 9, 10, 11, because Romans 10 says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead, don't drop your cup. Thou shall be. You're preaching the Jews' doctrine. Shall be saved. When were they saved? When the Lord returned. Past tense. When the Lord came back for them, that's how they were saved because the coming of Jesus Christ was their salvation. Your salvation is the word. That's what happens. So you can either find somebody who knows the word so you can receive your salvation. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 again. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. It's an awesome thing to go to church all your life and believe the wrong message for your salvation. That's awesome. It's an awesome thing to get on 75 and drive for about two or three hours and think you're going to Detroit. Not if you're going north. You get on I-75 north and you keep driving, you say, man, I should get to Detroit by now. Yep, you're going to be in Wisconsin. You're going the wrong way. And that's what happened with people in the message. 
teaching the message. They don't want nobody to tell them you're going the wrong way. But I have to tell you today, if you are believing in anything else except the gospel of Christ for your salvation, you are going the wrong way to be saved. The only gospel in this book that saved you is the gospel of Christ. Watch what Paul says, by which also we are saved, Paul says, if we keep in memory what I preach to you unless you have believed in vain. Verse number 3, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 and verse number 3 says, I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also receive. I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also receive. What do you receive, Paul? How that Christ died for our sins. Well, how did he die? He died on the cross, didn't he? Yeah, that was the passion of the cross. He died on the cross. And not only he died for our sins, he died for our sins according to the scripture. And not only that, in verse number four says, and he was buried. Not only he died, but he was buried according to the scripture. And then the Bible said, and he rose again the third day according to the scripture. So Paul said, that's how I was saved. Because I believed in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Now, the message that I'm showing you in Hebrews, to the Hebrews, that was not their salvation. Their salvation was they had been given faith because of all the miracles that Jesus had done. They'd been given faith. They'd been given faith to believe that Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. Why did God do all those miracles? So Israel would believe that Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus told them, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, why did he raise Lazarus from the dead? So the Jews would believe that he's the Christ, the son of the living God. Why did God work all those miracles in Egypt and let Israel sit and watch? Ten miracles against ten plagues, so they would believe that their God is God and that he is the I Am. Moses tell them, I Am sent you. So every time he would work a miracle, they supposed to believe he's the I am. Well, then they got on their journey, which is called faith. They got on their journey, and they began to go to the promised land. This promised land was the same as Christ. They were headed to their promises in God. But watch what happened. They died in the wilderness. Well, why did they die in the wilderness? Because of unbelief. They didn't believe God. That's the same thing happened to Israel, what Paul is about to tell them in Hebrew. Watch this. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiness by the blood of Christ, by a new and living way, which we have concentrated for us, which he has, past ten, consecrated for us. This new and living way has already been consecrated for us through the veil, he has already made a way for us. That's why Jesus told him, look, look, John. John asked him in John 14, how can he come to the Father? Jesus said, listen, John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father, John, but by me. So why is Jesus Christ so important? Because when God put us in Christ, now is our way to the Father. The only way we can get back to the Father is through the Son. So that's why God gave us his son. So that's the new, it's the new and the living way, which he has consecrated for us.
it's already been done in the flesh. That's why he died on the cross. Here's another one. And having an high priest over the house of God. Now he is the high priest of their confession. All right. Now in verse 23, he said to them, now let us hold fast the confession of our faith. That was the Jewish believer. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that was the confession of their faith. And they believed that God raised Jesus from the dead. That was the confession of their faith. That's what they had to believe. So they had to hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Now listen, they were still on the promise. 2 Corinthians 1.20 already told us about promises. We are not waiting for God to do anything he promised. You need to read the word. 2 Corinthians 1.20 said all the promises of God in Christ is yes. And in Christ, amen to the glory of God by us. So everything God promised us is already fulfilled. That's why Christ came and fulfilled every jot, every tittle of God's law. He fulfilled the seven feasts while people are still trying to keep the feast days. Listen, Christ is your feast day. Christ is your Sabbath day. Christ is your Passover. Christ is your first fruits. See, all these things that people are trying to go and fulfill, listen, you have been deceived. My time is up. I'll see you on my next podcast. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.